The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Well, hello, Ruth. Good to be in the podcast world with you again. And you too, Allison. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Days are getting longer again. It's slowly getting brighter outside. Uh, It's still winter, but nearing the end of it, we hope, right? Well, it's supposed to be almost 70 here by the weekend, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds nice. Sounds lovely. Nice allergy season for me. Nice allergy (laughs) season coming back at full force for sure. That's the downside. Well, tell me about... um, some of the event trends that you're seeing lately. We wanted to talk about event planning and give some claim examples today. But before we did that, I just wanted to hear a little bit about what your spring looks like so far in terms of sorority events. Are we are we back into the full swing of thing? Kind of post-pandemic, do you think? We are trending in that direction. I, um, I just pulled a little data today using the same time frame for the past few years. And um, from January 1st up until today, we have a in the ballpark of 532 events. Wow. So that's pretty good compared to last year at the same time, we had 108 events. Wow. Now, yeah. what's interesting in 2020, if you remember, we we really started shutting down around here mid-March. Mm-hmm. So it's a little early to, you know during this time in 2020, nobody was really thinking about it and events were in full spring, full swing. And we had 623 events in process, but once the pandemic hit, they started shutting down. But in 2019, we had 557. So it's really tracking to be pretty close to normal. Um, I think Without the pandemic, I think it would have been a record year. I mean, 623, that's quite a bit for the same time period. Yeah. And then some of those, like you said, I'm sure started getting canceled and everything changed by March. Right, right. I would would almost bet that (laughs) I don't know how many events they actually ended up having, but most of those were canceled. But Mm -hmm. still, we had a lot planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of events coming in and out of um, 
your email inbox, especially. I know that those hit that traffic hits you the hardest and that's your sweet spot. So we're excited to talk a little bit more today about why we even review events and the kinds of claims that can come out of sorority events if a detail is overlooked or there's an insurance feature that's just not considered or either people don't take our advice or they uh, don't even bother to ask for it as they're planning <laughs> their event. And so yep. I'm, yep, we're excited to talk a little bit about, even though I know claims aren't usually your area, you're in the trying to prevent claims arena, right? Right. That's why we're here. We're going to talk about the importance of event planning and why it's important not to forget about why all this insurance stuff matters. Exactly. Don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget us. Don't forget Ruth. She's, she's back at the sorority events full throttle. So, um, well, let's, let's share an example of a recent claim having to do with events and event planning. It sometimes I think helps to talk through real life things and what went well versus what could have gone better. So this okay. is the new one hot off the presses from Heather for us. So apparently a sorority threw an event with another sorority and a couple of fraternities. And this is, I think, within the last couple of years that this event happened. It's fairly new. One of the fraternities for the event built a platform. Unfortunately, a guest fell through the makeshift platform that was built and broke both of his ankles, one being compound fractured. Ouch. That does not wow. seem like a pleasant thing to recover from. So, of course, this person was upset and, and filed a claim. So our sorority client had little involvement in the event and the platform construction at all. However, they are, the sorority allowed their name to be on the event as it was advertised. So advertised as a host of the event, even if they weren't in any of the contracts for the event itself. As a result, this sorority has been pulled into a big liability claim for the injury and for which they really didn't have much ownership of, or responsibility from a um, kind of logistical, practical standpoint. So hopefully this these young men, they weren't planning to be builders for their career. Hopefully but. not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Sounds like that building career came to a quick halt. <laughs> Yeah, that might not be a good, maybe they should do accounting or something. But, mm -hmm. um, so what's your take on this? So I kind of my initial reaction is, you know, if you don't want your name associated with an event and you don't want to take responsibility for stuff that happens there, then don't put your name on the event because you're creating more liability for your organization for any actions you do or do not take when your name is, is advertised with it. Even if the group you're planning with says, oh, we'll take care of all the details. We'll take care of it. We just want your name on it to make our event more attractive and get more people to come. You're still signing up to host that event uh, when it comes to liability and any injuries or legal issues that come out of it. So in this scenario, there was probably no reason practically for the sorority to be labeled as a host. But if they were, they probably should have done a safety walkthrough and taking a little more ownership to be involved in the construction and planning of that platform, um, just to make sure things were going to be safe, right? Right. I agree. Now, this is a little different, but kind of goes along the same lines of what you're talking about, and it happens all the time. I have chapter members that complete contracts, 
and they put their name on it as the host. So it's okay to list yourself as the contact person, but your chapter and organization should always be listed as the host on the contract. And why that is important, you might ask? Let me tell you. The policy will always defend the national organization if they are named in a claim. But by listing your name only, it's opening you up to be named uh, individually in a claim, potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's creating unnecessary headaches for you. That makes perfect sense to me. You're basically saying... If, if you bring a contract to us to review and it's got your personal name on it instead of your organizations, we're going to say, hey, we want to help you out and not give yourself personally more liability than you have to for this event since our whole job is to work the sorority liability side of insurance anyway, right? Exactly. So just put the organization, you can be the contact. I mean, you could always be named in a claim. But there's no reason to advertise yourself. (laughs) Pick me, pick me. (laughs) Nor advertise yourself as the, you know, host of an event if you don't want to be associated with the injuries that come out of that. So exactly, a few few lessons learned all around. And that's a really simple thing that I feel like is a super simple detail that it's helpful to just have somebody else look over it and make sure you're doing it right. Right. And it's just an innocent little mistake that, you know, could cause you a big headache in the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think our sorority client would definitely say it's a big headache that they would have loved to have not been a part of. So, all right. Well, here is another one. So in this claim, a sorority held a bonfire at a farm. Someone was standing on a log. Again, we're standing on all these weird raised services, surfaces. This seems to be a another trend going on with what we're talking about yeah. today. Let's stand uh, on a log around a fire. <laughs> it's not it's standing on tables or platforms <laughs> or logs. Bad things happen, apparently. So The log wasn't on fire, though. I just want to clarify. Uh, yes. So this is one of those good clarification. This was not one of the logs that was on fire as part of the bonfire. This was one of those logs around the fire that you would sit on. And so I guess somebody was standing on one of those when it moved. And unfortunately, she fell in the fire. She was intoxicated and of age Mm -hmm. to be intoxicated. So the majority of the liability was on her since it was a true accident and injury. But since it was the sorority's event, the national organization was brought into the claim. It settled for a small amount. And I don't think the injuries were as severe as they could have been, thankfully. Oh, my gosh, that could have been awful. Yes. Um, But however, it was discovered through the claim process, since this got elevated when the injury occurred, that the farm event venue did not have insurance to cover any further injuries or damage which might have occurred. So had her injury been way worse, that would have not been good. So this is not a good claim, um, but it could have been way worse, both in terms of injury and financial loss. Right, Ruth? Right. So let's talk about how a claim could go way worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's say your chapter hosts a social event and the venue requires you to sign a contract and add them as an additional insurer to the national insurance policy. So the venue serving the alcohol, but unbeknownst to you, the venue does not have liquor liability insurance. Um, In the contract, it's spelled out but you don't really understand it and you're excited and you want to book your venue and you sign the contract. Mm -hmm. So since you signed the contract, 
regardless if you call me and ask for a certificate of insurance, whatever is in the, the contract is going to stand. You don't have to have a certificate of insurance to bind you to that contract. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to our social event. Things are going great. Everyone's having fun until it's not fun. And on the way home or even at the event, there's an accident and the people involved are intoxicated and it's determined that they are overserved or sold too much to drink. Now we have a problem. The venue who is providing alcohol doesn't have any liquor liability coverage. Wonk, wonk. <laughs> so the sorority who's not serving the alcohol might now be held legally responsible for the losses. And it's not a good position to be in and could potentially put your national insurance policy at risk. Mm -hmm. So wait a second, reiterate this for me. The whole point of having a social event at a venue with a third party and a contract and stuff is for them to take on some of the liability, correct? Correct. But in this case, the chapter member added this venue who didn't have liquor liability to the national policy as an additional insured because they didn't, one, understand what the contract said, and two, either they didn't request a certificate or they didn't understand what was Mm -hmm. on the certificate. But absolutely, number three, they did not submit it to MJ for review. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely, they did not. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the that's first one of the problem, things we right? look for. Pardon yeah, me? I mean that's that's a major problem. Is if you if you don't submit the contract test to review when you're unsure about something, we can't help you, right? Right, um, right. And, and in a case like this, saying "Oops, I did I didn't know," that doesn't work that way. I didn't know is not an excuse. Not when someone gets hurt. So yeah, that's why in both of these examples, your hypothetical social event example, which is a very real risk that you are trying to protect our clients against all the time, as well as the the, the real log claim that we mentioned. Um, right. In both cases, the venue they were using didn't have insurance, and it kind of defeats the point of that third party um, venue being in place for your organization in the first place. So right. And right. Even I though, mean, like, you, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, that's all I was going to say is I just, yeah, it, if I was a social chair and had to follow my sorority's rules for planning events elsewhere, but part of, I missed a detail in the process that was kind of defeating the whole point of why I was planning the event elsewhere. I'd be annoyed if something happened and the blame kind of came back on us, you know? Right. And even though, like we said, this example is more of a hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. It's very real. I get requests like this all the time. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of venues that that do not carry liquor liability. There are a lot of additional insurance. And there are a lot of them that don't ask for the certificate because it's implied in the contract. So the actual event may be hypothetical, but it's very real. It could, it happens all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And a lot of it's just accidents happen. We just want to make sure everybody's taking ownership of the parts that they should insurance-wise be responsible for, right? Exactly. Yep. So we know it can be a headache to involve the insurance company as as you're planning as just another step that you have to do. But 
our job is to help you find that fine print and consider all insurable aspects of the event as you're planning it so that, because at the end of the day, we want to help you before you proceed so you can prevent accidents where you can. Exactly. We're here to help. We're here to help. Well, good. Well, hopefully those were some helpful illustrations of some real injuries and events that have happened or could happen and why we do all this contract review and certificate of insurance stuff in the first place, right? Exactly. And sometimes it probably seems like, oh, she's asking me for this and she's asking me for that. And I, you probably feel like I'm running you around, but it's for good reason. I'm I'm not just doing it for fun. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm yeah. trying to help. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So with our little lesson and event planning complete, let's talk about what what else in our lives we can't stop talking about? So Ruth, what what can't you stop talking about lately? Well, I had a proud grandma moment this weekend. Oh, always My the grandkids. Grand. They're the best. <laughs> My little Chloe and Max are both playing base or um, basketball. They start baseball soon, softball actually, mm-hmm. um, this month. But they've been playing basketball. And it's just so fun to watch how much they've improved from the beginning. I mean, we started out with Max, who's the youngest, grabbing the ball and running down the, the court. I said, that boy must be on the traveling team. <laughs> he didn't bounce that ball once. <laughs> it's just hysterical. Uh, and it's just amazing to see how much they've improved. So Max has always been a pretty good little athlete. And, you know, he'll do anything to shoot a basket and including run clear over to the other side of the gymnasium while the coach is chasing him back. But <laughs> but he's a pretty good little shooter, and uh, he gets down on the floor and wrestles the ball away, and he's a scrappy little dude. But my little granddaughter, she is just a sweet little gentle, you know, little girl, and she's playing basketball just for fun, and she made her first basket on Saturday. I was so mm-hmm. proud of her. I mean, I mean, it's just the difference in the two kids. Max, he'll just run down there and lob it up and make a basket. And Chloe tries so hard. And, you know, Max is down on the floor wrestling for the ball. And Chloe hugs the little girl she guarded during the game. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so different. Nine days. <laughs> so and proud of the both game. of them. Yeah. I was yeah. just so proud. Chloe's team was... Um, they only lost one game. They have a really good team and Max is too young to, to keep score, but I'm just so proud. I, the whole gym started cheering when Chloe made her basket. <laughs> that's that got to warm everybody's heart. That's exciting. I was so happy. It's <laughs> a big moment, especially in Hoosier land. That's playing basketball is a big deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And big Max, deal. ironically, his Jersey is Guess what? Number 33. Mm. You know what that means. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows whose number that is, Ruth. I think you That's better Larry us. Bird, only the greatest mm. basketball player in the history now, of man. Did you have anything to do with that, or is that a total coincidence? No, it, it was really a total coincidence, but I, I said, oh my goodness, Max, how in the world did you get that? <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. Love it. Love it, how love about it. you? I know you've got oh. some pretty, pretty interesting things going on. Yes. So I am at the beginning of wedding planning process, which is an exciting, exciting thing to get to do. And I feel very blessed by 
my wonderful fiance and family that's supportive. Um, but it is, you know, as everyone's told me, there can be stressful moments and there are times and days that I kind of have to step away from it and go, this is supposed to be fun. So if it's, if it's not fun today, let's take a little pause and come back to it tomorrow. Um, absolutely. And my, my after work moment. So it's a, it's, well, it's exciting. Time. But I'm, so I'm not planning right now. I'm, I'm doing it myself for my personal life. And I'm, you know, we already had a contract, you know, this is where my insurance life has helped and all Ruth's advice about event planning over the years has helped. And, you know, I review those contracts in the fine print and I'm sure my fiance is like, do we really have to go over it this carefully? And I'm like, yes, we do. And can I be seeing that additional? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I did not submit it through our online form for you to review. I, I thought that would be a little much, but um, I just reviewed it myself. And there was an additional insured provision with the little chapel we're going to use. And so that was good to see that and know that and go to our own personal policies to make sure all that was squared away so that we're not scrambling for a piece of paper in the weeks leading up to our wedding, because that would be no fun. So that would be no fun to get there and say, sorry, exactly. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get married today. <laughs> exactly. So it's good to get the insurance part checked off at least and be able to focus on some of the next tasks like wedding dress shopping. So that's my next my next big adventure and task. So I hoped it would be a quick thing. But like many things in my life, when I have a lot of options, I can get little stuck sometimes. So this may be maybe a process for me to find find the right dress, but I'm sure it's out there. Well, you just take your time and find the perfect one. And when you look back one day, you'll laugh at the things you stressed about. And Mm -hmm. I just hope and wish you the best luck and happiness. You got a good one. You make a beautiful couple and I'm just very happy for you. Well, thanks, Ruth. I appreciate that. And the team support means a lot. And I've always appreciated your life perspective on stuff, too, that can seem big um, in the moment for all of us. But it's good to have good to have that perspective. So thanks. Well, you're very welcome. All righty. Well, that's a wrap for our episode. Uh, We'll be back at some point. I'm sure we'll have some more event planning tips to throw at you again one of these days, Um, but hopefully some helpful illustrations of what to think about when it comes to event planning, what can go wrong, um, and what to do right so that we can help you. Sounds great. Look forward to the next time. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com, to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.